From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. Let's unite our hearts together, please, in prayer. 
Our eternal God and our Father, we come to Thee today through the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee, O God, today for the one who came into this world, the one who was born in the manger in Bethlehem, the one who lived that perfect life, the one who went to the cross to die an atoning death for us. We thank the Lord today for the one who was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God through Him. And our Father, we thank Thee today that we have this access to Thee in prayer. Our Father, we pray that You'll do our hearts good, Lord, as we would sing Thy praise, Lord, as we would read and consider the Word of God. We pray, Lord, that today You'll be pleased to let the Bible speak. Lord, take a dealing with hearts, O God, we pray. And Heavenly Father, we pray that even, Lord, as we hear the Word of God brought to us today, Lord, we pray that You'll be pleased to speak. So be with us just now. Continue with us and tarry with us. In the Savior's name we ask. Amen. Our scripture reading is from the Old Testament book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse number 3. Exodus chapter 12 and the verse number 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A meal of the first year ye shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden, at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Our second hymn is... The hymn, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
want to direct your thoughts this evening to some words that were spoken by the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 7 and the verse 5, the latter part of the verse, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. To discover the circumstances behind the institution of the Jewish Passover feast is to go back some 3,500 years to the days of Israel's bondage in Egypt. That land was now exposed to a terrible danger. Jehovah Himself was about to march through the streets of every settlement. In the words of Scripture, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land. What an announcement! Provoked, incensed, he is at last awakened from the sleep of patience, girding on his sword with a solemn mission to fulfill. Who can stand? Who can stand in the wake of such an opponent? Well, God's people are safe. Not one Israelite will fall prey to the stroke of divine justice. He will protect them under His wings. They are safe. They are safe because they are sheltered under the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. And so just as the shed blood of a thousand lambs secured the salvation of all Israel on that fateful night, so the precious blood of the Lamb of God, even Christ Himself, provides deliverance for all who resort to Him and rest in Him. It is for this reason that the analogy suggests itself to Paul as he seeks to challenge believers in the church at Corinth. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. This is a most appropriate way of describing the cross work of our great Redeemer and the offering that He has made on behalf of His people. What then may we say of that offering? Well, first of all, let us note that it is a sacrificial offering a sacrificial offering. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Let us have a clear view of the death of Christ. This was not an unfortunate end to a noble life, as some would have us believe. Jesus Christ came into this world to die, to make His life an offering for the sins of His people. There was never going to be any other end. People may be so taken by what they perceive as the human tragedy of it all that they forget the divine mission. Christ, of course, sought to prepare His own disciples for this eventuality. He spoke to them very clearly. He warned them that He was on His way to the city of Jerusalem he would be tried, he would suffer many things and be rejected of the elders, of the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. All of these Old Testament sacrifices, and especially the sacrifice at the heart of the Passover, point forward to Christ. The fulfillment of every shadow and every type, the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Paul puts it like this. He said, Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. So this is a sacrificial offering. But let us observe that it is also a spotless offering. Who is this offering? It is Christ. It is Christ, the sinless Son of God. How were Moses and Aaron instructed? We heard the words read but a short time ago. Exodus 12, verse 5 says, Your lamb shall be without blemish. Isn't that how Peter describes the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the lamb without blemish and without spot. If this sacrifice is to avail for the atonement of sinners, then it must be the sacrifice of a sinless one. Without original sin and without actual sin, whether thought word, or deed. Can you imagine the thinking of the head of the household all of those years ago in Egypt, even as he raised his knife to the lamb? Oh, this poor creature does not deserve to die thus. It has no guilt, but die it must, showing me that I am guilty, and I do deserve to perish because of my sins. In Christ, there was no sin. He did no sin. He knew no sin. His blood is able to save us because he was perfectly innocent. As Peter says, he died the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. Let me point out that it is also a substitutionary offering you look at the text carefully. It says, For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The word that is used here, translated for, means on behalf of. So in his dying, Christ was our substitute. He took my place and died for me, as the hymn writer puts it. He was sacrificed that we might not be sacrificed. He was bound to that cross that we might go free. We have seen it a moment or two ago in the words of Peter. Christ hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, says Paul, being made a curse for us standing in our place. All of this is so powerfully and poignantly pictured in Isaiah's prophecy, those words that many will know so well from Isaiah chapter 53, especially the verses 5 and 6 of that chapter. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's a substitutionary sacrifice. The judgment of a holy God passed upon the divine Lamb that it might pass over us. That is substitution. And it lies at the heart of this blessed work. As John says in his first letter, speaking of Christ, he laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for us. But then again, we make the comment that it is a singular offering, a singular offering. The text says, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The original actually reads, Christ was sacrificed, or Christ has been sacrificed, perhaps making clearer the thought that this work is done. It is complete, and in no sense is it to be repeated. The religion of the Jews was characterized by endless sacrifices, offering after offering after offering, because not one of those sacrifices, not one of those offerings could actually remove sin. They all pointed forward to the one truly efficacious offering, the offering made by Jesus Christ. And the epistle to the Hebrews uh, presents that to us so clearly and so powerfully in the memorable words of chapter 10. If I take you there for a moment, Hebrews 10, and the words of verse 3, but in those sacrifices, all of these sacrifices that are past, in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. But when we read at verse 11, every priest, every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, that is Christ, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. My dear friends, he sat down because his work was finished. His work was complete. Isn't that what he said on the cross? It is finished. Let that cry ring in our ears once again today. Finished. We are not in the business of repeating or adding to the work of Christ. That is a needless blasphemy. No, we are to rest in Christ's work and to rejoice that He has done everything that needed to be done. Let me say something else. We have a satisfactory offering, a satisfactory offering. Christ is our Passover. He is the ground of God passing over us. And therefore, the sacrifice He has made must satisfy. 
must satisfy a holy God. It must have been sufficient to meet his just demands. Now, your question may well be, how do we know? How do we know that God is satisfied by the offering which Christ has made? Well, the resurrection is the confirmation of that blessed fact. It is the seal on the great charter of our redemption, the assurance that his blood was accepted as atonement for the sins of his people. Satisfaction has been made. That's the argument that Paul pursues in the closing words of his fourth chapter to the Romans, Romans 4, and breaking in there at verse 23, he says, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And the sense of the words there is that he was raised because of our justification. He was raised because he had finished his work. He had done everything necessary. He had satisfied every just demand. And so he might be raised from the dead. Dead could not hold him. He had done everything he needed to do. A satisfactory offering. And then, of course, in view of all of these things that we have said already, we must conclude that this is a saving offering, a saving offering, just as the lives of those under the cover of the blood were preserved in Egypt of old. So there is life, there is eternal life promised to those sheltered by the blood of Christ. Truly, there is salvation from all our sins through the sacrifice of Christ. No matter the nature or the number of your sins, they do not put you beyond the reach of his saving blood. And that's why John says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. It cannot be clearer, can it? All sin doesn't matter what your sin is. doesn't matter how deeply ingrained that sin is. doesn't matter how you are judged in the eyes of your fellow man. doesn't matter to what extent your conscience is smitten through with conviction. Oh, that we might have some understanding of the awfulness of our sin, what it means to be a sinner in the sight of a holy God. Oh, that we might realize this with all our hearts. But none of that means that we are put far from the saving work of Christ. His blood is able to save. His blood does save. But I say this to you this evening, only the blood can save. Only the Israelites who obeyed the divine prescription were safe on that evening so long ago in the land of Egypt. And by the same token, we say that only in Christ, only in Christ is there salvation for you. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved.
I trust you know Christ. I trust if not, you will come to Him. You will receive Him. You will rest upon Him. And you will rejoice in the sacrifice He has made to redeem your soul. Let us pray. Our Father, we return Thee thanks this evening for our Savior. We thank Thee for His life and for His death. We thank Thee for the blood that He shed to atone for our sins. We thank Thee that we have been redeemed not with corruptible things as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And we pray that the efficacy of this amazing work will be made real to each and every individual at this time. Hear our prayers. Bless our hearts. Go with us now, each one. We ask it in our Savior's name and for His sake. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.